church. Our scripture reading today is coming from the book of Galatians 6, 9 to 10. Let's read. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are the household of faith. Happy Sabbath, everyone. It is great to be here. Um, the music this morning, I just, I really love seeing the young people uh, participate here. And to me, it, it just means so much because we really need to get them involved uh, and get them to develop that relationship, the personal relationship with Christ. Do we have any visitors here today? Can I just see your hands? Any visitors? Okay, well, welcome visitors, if there are any. Just so you know, I'm not the pastor, so if you don't like what I say, please come back next week when the real deal is here. And if you do like what I say and it resonates with you, praise God and come back next week when the real deal is here. Much better. The message today, uh, I have to confess, uh, the title of the message for today, I didn't come up with. A couple of months ago, I was driving over to Minnesota, and I was listening to the message radio on Sirius XM, it's the Christian music station, and I heard a song by Rhett Walker called The Man on the Middle Cross. And the first time I heard it, I really, I, I, I liked it. it I mean, it, it, it started to resonate, and so I hit the little back button because I wanted to hear it again. And the second time I heard it, it really started to sink in. It started to sink in about the two thieves and the man on the middle cross. And I thought, man, there's got to be a message here. And so for the rest of the way to Minnesota, I was thinking about, man, that is, that's got to be a powerful message. And so, so today, I, I'm actually, this is, this is kind of a message that I feel is on my heart. Um, as I always say, and, and I like to say, this message is meant for me. Hopefully, it's meant for you because this is a time that I really believe that we, that we and myself, importantly, needs to stay focused on the man on the middle cross. Now, I was thinking about this and I thought, you know what, I can't really talk about, you know, Easter time is when we talk about the death and resurrection of Christ, right? This is about the time that we start talking about the birth of Christ. But then I was driving down the road and I saw a sign that said, Gethsemane on Sunday. It was outside of a church. And so I thought, well, if that preacher's gonna talk about Gethsemane and it's now, it's okay for me. Then as I was coming back, I noticed that the name of the church was Gethsemane Lutheran Church. <laughs> Gotta watch those signs a little more closely. Hey, um, I, want, I want to ask you guys to do something. Turn to the person next to you. For those people who are 33 or older, Say something that you did or where you lived at 33. To those who are, 30, who are 32 or younger, tell the other person next to you what you would like to do at 33. Can you just go ahead and just say something? Go ahead. Share, yeah. I, right? Some of us don't necessarily remember what we were doing at 33. 
I think, I, okay, so, okay, I gotta not lose control. I, okay, thank you. So, at 33, I think my wife and I had moved to our third house because we moved so often. Today, uh, and at 33, I was trying to talk my wife into having kids. With all the world events that are going on and the divisiveness, it's more important now than ever to focus on the man on the middle cross. We need a ray of hope. And speaking of a ray of hope, um, I, I want to thank um, Christine, Dan, and Terry I don't know if you guys have received these, but the prayer ministries group sent this to me. Well, okay, I guess it's to my wife, my family, Derek. Okay, but it's to me, right? I got this about a week and a half ago, and it came at a time when I really needed it. All it is is just a, the Lord shall guide thee continually. Thank you, prayer ministries. These are the types of things that give us a ray of hope in a time when we desperately need it. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, this is your time. Thank you for bringing us together. Thank you for giving us this time together, and please speak through me, and may, the, may we hear what you want us to hear. In your name I ask, amen. Today I'm going to cover three things, and, and really it, I'm not going to go in depth on any of them, but here's what I want to cover. First, I want to cover just an overview of Jesus' life, Second, the importance of us keeping our eyes on Christ through everything that may be going on. And third is no matter what we've done, where we've been, or where we think we're going, we can always provide a ray of hope to someone. Let me just set the stage. Let's go back in time. I have so many questions that I want to ask God and, and other biblical characters um, about when, when I get to heaven, okay? One of the things that I want to know is when, you, when we look in the Bible, we really only know about 10 to 12% of Jesus' life, right? Think about it. We know about his birth. We know about when uh, he was in the, 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 te the temple when he was 12. And then we start to hear about his life when he's baptized and the three years that he was working and doing his work here on earth. I want to know kind of the filler, like, what was he as a kid to grow up? I mean, can you imagine, you know, you're Jesus and you've got brothers or sisters. Uh, I, I wonder if Mary kind of favored him, you know? Not that we favor our kids, but James, you did really nice on that, but Jesus, you're going to save the world, right? I just wonder. I just wonder, and, and I really want to know about that. Jesus' mission was to live a perfect life, to die for us, so that we could spend eternity with him. So here's my question. Why was it only 33 years? Why not 20? Why not 70? I started looking back through and read up on different things, and what I found is, here's the answer, it's gonna surprise you. At 33, his work was finished. His work was finished. In fact, if he had gone on for another 100 years, the message that he had would have stayed wherever he went physically. He had to leave. He had to die, get resurrected, and go up to heaven and trust the people in his inner circle to take the message, his message, out to the world. He had to die. 
Now, we're coming up on the 2000th anniversary of Jesus starting his mission here in a few years. And then three years after that, it's the 2000th anniversary of his death and resurrection. And in the Bible, when you start looking at the 2,000 years, every 2,000 years, something big seems to happen. We look at the world events and we realize that, wow, you know, there are a lot of things going on right now. Jesus completed his mission in 36 months. And here's, here's an amazing thing. 36 months, that's, uh, that's about the length of time that you lease your car, if you're going to lease a car. He accomplished more in 36 months than a president does in four years. Who do you know throughout history, thinking about everything, who do you know that has had such an impact on the world in three years as Jesus? There's nobody. There's nobody. In three years, this incredible Savior of ours did more to show us the way. He healed the sick. He opened the eyes of the blind and the ears of the deaf. He raised the dead. That kind of made his first miracle of turning water into wine like an amateur hour. I mean, think of it. He, had, he brought ray of hope to everybody. Here's one thing that, that, that I want to say is amazing to me. We look at Jesus, who he, he spoke to 5,000, 6,000 people at a time, and we know that they usually only counted men because they weren't really smart back then. They should have counted the women and children. He spoke to 5,000 people. We always say, oh, he broke the bread, loaves, fishes, everybody got to eat. But here's the amazing thing to me. He spoke to 5,000 people without a microphone. I need a microphone just to, well, I probably don't, but mostly we need microphones to speak. You know what, though? When he spoke to those 5,000 people, he connected with them. He didn't just communicate. The person that was the 5,000th or 10,000th person in the back felt that he was talking to them, not to everybody else. Jesus had a way of connecting with people, not just communicating. And I, I started thinking, well, how is that possible? And then I remembered, oh, wait, he created us. He created us so certainly he knows how to connect with us. And he knows how to connect with us and show us what we need to do. He gave us hope. He brought hope to the world. He, he went and he ministered to people in their physical and mental needs, followed up by their spiritual needs. He connected with people because he made everyone feel valued and appreciated. And that's what we need to do today, even though it's very hard, at least for me. It's very hard to value everyone as Christ does. Because I jump right to the, okay, that person is, is bad, right? Can't do that. And then I, I look and I think, we, we talked about it in Sabbath school class today, Sodom and Gomorrah. When we look throughout history, we see that there was a flood that wiped out people on the face of the earth. We see Sodom and Gomorrah. Jesus provided a way out by having Lot know that things were going to happen. He provides a way out through the most difficult times. And when I think about it and I see all of the things that are going on in the world today, I, it just blows my mind. 
And then I remember Christ when he said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the Son of Man comes again. We saw a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, some of the most horrific pictures coming back from terrorists. We know what evil people can do, and we're just seeing it in living color, 5K, high def on our TVs. And sometimes it desensitizes us, sometimes it really grosses us out. And it always, for me, says, how can I value somebody that is willing to do these things? And yet Jesus said, when you hear of wars, rumors of wars, floods, all of these things, it's just the beginning of the birth pains. Now, sorry, I don't know what the birth pains are like. However, I will say this, when my wife was having our first son, Robert, we were told, have a little focal bear or something sitting up there, so we did. She says, forget the focal bear. She grabs me and says, you got me into this. So while I don't know about the birth pains, I do know that they're not good. We're just in the beginning. While we can't block out all the evil and divisiveness, we and we shouldn't ignore the pain and suffering going on, we can and we need to keep our eyes focused on Christ. What happens when we focus or lose our focus on Christ? He's the one that stood up in the boat and said, peace be still. Remember Peter when he saw Jesus out there on the water and Peter says, hey, I want to come on out and see you. Jesus says, come on out. Peter kept his eyes on Christ, and he's walking, he's walking. All of a sudden, he feels like a little wave coming up, bigger waves, and he looks down, and what happens? He starts to sink. He goes from watching the Savior to not looking at him, and he sinks. When we take our eyes off Christ, we are like Peter. And so often, I got to tell you, I think, I think my parents should have called me Peter, because Sometimes I take my eyes off Christ and I have to be reminded to come back. So let's flash forward to that Friday when Jesus was on the cross. People were attending this and all along you had the majority of the crowd saying, crucify him, crucify him. Jesus is bloody. He's nailed to the cross. He looks around and he has very minimal supporters. Anybody that was supporting him was very silent. They didn't want to be caught up in this. Everybody, others were saying, crucify him. Some people perhaps were thinking, well, if this is the case, he's not going to really die. He's going to set up his kingdom here and yay, we can all celebrate. Others that were there were there to witness the death of the two thieves on the cross because they had wronged them. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes when somebody really wrongs me, upsets me, I'm thinking, man, hopefully they're going to suffer the consequences. You know, uh, the other day I was driving and, and a car was weaving in and out. I saw him coming up behind. He just decided to scrape a few bugs off my front bumper as he pulled right in front of me. And I'm like, where is a popo when you need him? 
But when we look at that and we think some people came to see the death of these two thieves, those people were focused on the wrong thing. And those two thieves sum up me. And they probably sum up you. Because those two thieves, one was looking out for himself, and the other one was saying, man, we we deserve to be here, but he doesn't. Both of those thieves witnessed the same thing. They both saw Jesus getting nailed to the cross. They both had probably heard of Jesus. If they didn't, at least they should have, because one of them said, if you're the Messiah, get us down. The other one said, remember me. One pleaded for Jesus to save him and to save himself. It was all about self-preservation. How often do we do that to ourselves? How often do we try and say, ooh, help me? You know, you can, you can help me. You can help me. Um, I kind of did that the other day, uh, self-preservation. It was, well, I guess it was probably about a month or so ago. I was going over to, uh, going over to Minnesota for some business, and it was 5.30 in the morning, uh, listening to the music as I always do, barrel, driving down the street, driving down the road, and uh, I met Middleton Police's finest person. And uh, I looked down, I, I really, I, I looked down and I'm like, okay, so I am going a little fast. And as police really like to do, they kind of just pulled out and just kind of pulled up behind me. Now, I started praying. Lord, I may have been going over the speed limit, but you know, it's 5.30 in the morning. It's beautiful. No, nothing out here on the road. Please help him to just maybe give me a warning. Lights come on. He comes up, and, and he says, you know why I pulled you over? I said, yeah, I was probably going a little fast. Um, you know what? It's a clear day. I apologize. He says, yeah, you're going a little more than just a little fast. And I said, well, I have a clean driving record, which, which was true, um, uh, because points expire after a certain time. And, and I said, I have a meeting over in, in Minnesota. It, it's, look, I was listening to Christian music officer. I mean, I'm just here, right? And all the time I keep saying, okay, God, you can do this miracle. You, look, he just has to say, okay, I'll give you a warning. He says, takes my license back. He says, let me just run some few things. Comes back up and says, well, Mr. Cross, I do have to write you up um, because you know how fast you are going. And I said, yeah, probably like, I don't know, 69, 70. I thought the speed limit was 65. He says, oh no, the speed limit is 55 on this road. And you were going, well, probably closer to 80 or 82. Okay, I'm sorry. I drive a hybrid, and when I go that fast, my engine whines, and I kept turning up the radio so I couldn't hear the engine whine. He gives me this ticket, and I'm like, ugh. I look at it, I go online, and I see how many points are going to be on my license. And I'm like, okay. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to go into court and fight the ticket. This is like the two thieves on the cross. The one I kept saying, please, get me out of this. I go into the court, and I'm praying to Jesus, and I said, hopefully... The judge is going to be a benevolent judge, and he'll see that I'm a great person, and he'll just say, you know what, we're going to wipe this off. 
judge calls me up. Now, when you're in, now, for those of you that haven't been in traffic court, you can either plead guilty, not guilty, or no contest. If, if you plead guilty, then okay, you're guilty and it's done. If you plead not guilty, then you, your, your trial date is set and you, you have to come back. So I couldn't plead not guilty, because really I was. I didn't want to plead guilty, so I decided to take the no contest, which is then when you can explain to the judge why you were doing the stupid thing you were doing. And I explained to him, I said, you know, it was early in the morning, I apologize, I have a clean driving record, and really, there, these are a lot of points. I, you know what, I don't mind paying $149. I do mind having all these points because, not that I'm gonna get another ticket, but if I do, I probably would have to miss my license. And the judge looks and he says, um, you have a clean driving record. Mr. Cross, have you ever gotten a ticket before? Oh, yes, long time ago, middle of Iowa, my kids and family, we were all in the car and the kids laughed at me. The judge kind of laughed and he said, okay. He says, you know what? Today, I'm gonna show you some mercy. Not the mercy that you're looking for. You still have to pay the fine, but instead of having all these points on your license, I'm going to take it down to two points. I felt like I had been redeemed. I really did. I'm like, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. He didn't take them all away. Now, getting back to the two thieves on the cross, they were going to die. And the one looks over and says, get me off of here with you. Let's set up your kingdom. The other one said, wait a minute. Why are you saying that? We deserve to be here. He doesn't. And with that, the thief looked at Jesus and said, please remember me when you come in your kingdom. He accepted his fate. He realized that what he did had consequences. And he believed that Jesus was the Messiah. There are consequences for our actions. I remember asking a friend of mine when we first moved to Minnesota and our kids were small and they had kids, I said, Jack, you know, what, what do you, how do you help your kids to get through different things? I mean, you know, they're going to make mistakes and stuff. And he, he told me, he says, Doug, here's what I tell my kids. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to mess up. Just don't make life-altering mistakes. That's so important. For our young people today, with all of the things that are going on, all I can say is don't make any life-altering consequences, decisions. Make sure that you hold fast to your belief. Make sure that you keep your eyes on Christ. Christ set the example for us when he died on the cross. Christ himself converted 50% of the thieves, half of them. As I started this message, I started out by saying, who has ever in the course of history done more in three years than Jesus? Here's what I found, though, very interesting in Christ's final moments here on earth before he died. What I found is when he was separated from the Father, Dark clouds covered everything. The storms grew. Christ felt the full weight 
of our sins, even though he lived a sinless life. He was cut off from his father, who he had every day walked hand in hand. He knew that this was his mission, but here's the thought. He was dying for, in the hopes that at least one person would believe in him. People were crying out around him to crucify him. His disciples, they went ahead and deserted him, denied him, and even betrayed him. And Jesus looked down and saw the soldiers casting lots for his clothes, totally cut off. But here's what really interested me. When I thought about the thief on the cross, the criminal said to Jesus, and this is in Luke 23, Jesus, remember me when you come in your kingdom. Then Jesus said to him, listen, what I say is true. Today, you will be with me in paradise. And it was about noon, and, and then the whole land became dark until about three in the afternoon. There was no sun. The curtain in the temple was torn in two pieces from top to bottom by unseen hands. And Christ cried out in a loud voice, Father, I give you my life. The last few moments of Jesus' life, he was given a ray of hope by a thief on the cross who said, remember me. That, I believe, had to be everything to Jesus when he saw everything else going on around him. That's why I said earlier, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, we can be that ray of hope to people. We don't have to stay where we are. We don't have to continue to say, wow, I'm just this really awful person. No. No, you're not. You're a child of God. You're valued. He gave his life for you. Jesus said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto me, and when I am lifted up, I'll draw all people to me. When the thief on the cross saw the man on the middle cross, he believed in him, and he said, remember me. Sometimes, as the song says, I am the one on the left and sometimes I'm the one on the right. But in both cases, I always need to remember to keep my eyes focused on Jesus. Like I said, about every 2,000 years, something big happens. And friends, I don't know when Christ is coming back, but I know that we're one week closer than we were last week when we gathered. I know the importance of Christians and people gathering together here in person. And while it's great that we're online and we're streaming, that's fantastic. For people who are watching this in the, in the Madison area, please come in here and be with us because we come together to recharge our batteries, to hear what needs to be heard, to support each other. And man, anywhere I go, I can go into an Adventist church and I'm thrilled because I know that there are believers there in the same things that I believe in. With our youth today, I pray every day for them. I've got two boys. And we need, we need to keep our youth, to keep our youth close to Christ, to have them to develop a relationship with Him their own relationship. 
I was once told by a pastor, Doug, when you grow up, you're going to have to give up your parents' religion and accept it on your own. I didn't really know what that meant until I was about 30. I grew up as a pastor's kid. We just went to church. That's what we did. But I didn't really realize how wonderful the story of Jesus and salvation really is. I don't know, you may be going through some of the best times of your life, and I just say praise God and thank Him. Some of you may be going through some really challenges now. Loss of a job, loss of a loved one, family problems. Whatever it is, focus on the man on the middle cross. He will get you through. He says, I will be with you. He doesn't say you're never going to have problems. He says, I'm going to be by your side. You can talk to him in the middle of the night when no one else is around. You can talk to him in the middle of the day when you're going about your business. For those who may have doubts about Jesus, don't. Just think about it. If I'm right and Jesus exists, great. And, you're, and you don't think he does, guess what's not going to happen? Listen to your heart. Read God's words. Come to him. Those who may have a relationship with Christ but may have wandered away, it's not too late. The doors of the ark aren't closed. We see all the animals going in, and we're like, okay, is this really the time? Please, renew your relationship with Christ. Spend a few minutes at least in the morning with him and in the evening, and you'll experience his love, his kindness, and his grace. My prayer for you and for us today is that we not lose our focus on Jesus ever, that we remember throughout the most difficult times of our lives that he is always there and he is always saying, come to me. And if we can do anything, just one thing for one person every day to bring them a ray of hope, we will help spread the gospel, which is what he wants us to do. Thank you.